Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We're going to have a good day today. It's just uh, awesome. Our first and our third Sundays. Always don't, don't forget you know, that uh, we, have our, we have our time of fellowship on first and third Sundays. We always fellowship anyway, but we just come. And, of course, this is our, this is our picnic Sunday, which just come and bring whatever. And then two weeks from now, it should be a third Sunday, we have something designed, and the ladies bring something uh, purposefully. So uh, we always enjoy that, too. Just a great thing, a great time. We started doing that when we got out here. We weren't able to do that where we were. Um, and I guess we could have sort of done it, but we've started it here, and, and I just love it. I'm, I'm just, it's just a joy. It's a joy. Man, I'll talk about joy this morning a little bit. going to talk about the joy, that your joy may be full, that your joy may be full. Now, I want to read two scriptures that actually use this exact wording. The first one is found in John 15 and 11. I have spoken these things to you that my joy may abide or remain in you and your joy may be full, may be full. It's interesting that the writer, John, repeated this very same concept when he took the pen to write his epistle. The first uh, chapter of First John, the epistle of John, the first chapter in the fourth verse says this, just almost exactly repeating the words of the Lord. We write these things to you that your joy may be full. May be full. This word full is interesting because, and, and I say this when I describe this word, when my children were little, um, they would ask for a glass of milk or a glass of water. You can pour a glass of milk until it's over the top of the rim. I don't know if you know that, but it's actually standing. And when they touch it, it's going to spill over. You know, it was just kind of a funny joke that I did to them. And they didn't like it, but Kay didn't really like it either. She had to clean up the mess. But that's the rendering of full. He uses this word, pleroma. It's so full that there's no room for anything else. That your joy, your joy may be full. Thank you, Lord. I pray as we go into your word this morning that you would just cause us, Lord, to have an opening to receive. I just bless this morning. I pray that you would just minister to us as your word, your word gets in us. Your word begins to you, you said the logos of God. You said that it, it is, is alive and powerful and that it divides within us soul and spirit. And, and so we ask you to do that this morning, that we'll see a soulish thing that needs to be ministered to. Our spirit needs to be ministered to. 
We pray that you do that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. A life that is spirit filled also has fruit on that life one of the things that we uh, years ago I talked about the fruit inspector preach about the fruit inspector and that's the Lord he comes inspecting the fruit and sometimes all he finds is leaves he came to eat off the fig tree and all there was was leaves but he's looking for fruit in our life and so it's the Spirit that brings the fruit in our life. It's not, it's not our good works that brings the fruit in our life. It's the Spirit that brings the fruit. And then after the fruit is evident in our life, those good works are evident in our life. But it's the, it's the power of the Spirit in us that brings the fruit forth. And, and so one of those things, there's many of them here that, 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 it, that it, it, it said, but, but one of them is joy, and so we're talking about joy this morning. We could talk about peace and long-suffering, kindness and goodness and temperance and all other things that the Spirit does, but I just want to centralize on joy. Romans, the 14th chapter and 17th verse. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, rather righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit joy in the Holy Spirit, that, that spirit, that life-sustaining breath of God, that thing that God does inside of us, moving by His Spirit, developing in our life righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is not about physical things. Can you say amen? We can't advance ourselves in the kingdom of God in physical things. Things that we might do or might not do. We don't advance ourselves. But the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit of God. Joy. This word joy. Interesting. I learned something about the word joy. And, and we're going to have to make a separation between joy and happy. But joy is, comes from the word kara, uh, which also is the word uh, the word charis comes from car in the Greek. So it's connected to grace, which is favor. So, so joy is not independent from grace, but come from the same root word of favor. And so delight and goodness because of favor has been uh, recognized in our life. And so this is the definition of joy, that we have this joy inside of us because we have recognized the grace of God that has been given unto us. It's the acknowledgement of the favor having been given to us. That's what causes joy by the Holy Spirit in our life is that we recognize what God has done for us. When I deserve justice, He gave me mercy. When I deserve death, He gave me life. In life eternal. And when I recognize that where I was and where I am, this is where the Spirit wells up in us in joy. See, joy is a noun. 
joy is a person, place, or a thing. And so it's a little bit different from happy. Happy is an adjective. Happy is flighty. Happy is conditional. Happy is unreliable. Happy is here today and gone tomorrow. I've seen people get upset in a moment of time. They were happy and everything seemed to be going the right direction. And all at once, just in a moment of time, they lost all that happiness. And it might have turned to anger or sorrow or a lot of other things. But let me tell you about joy. Joy is a substance which God does down inside of the Christian life. And it doesn't have anything to do with what's going on outside. Joy's not determined by your circumstances. Joy is determined because you know the grace of God in your life. It's not determined because you got a windfall. Certain money came in. Certain advances. That, that's happiness. Joy is not determined because... You had a downfall in your life because things didn't work out the way that you wanted them to go. That doesn't affect the joy of knowing where we were and what God has done in our life and what He continues to do in our life and that grace which God has done it in our life and that stays on with us. That's why Jesus said, I've told you this so that your joy might remain. When happiness flies away, The joy of the Lord still remains in our life. Can you say amen? We've all been up. We've all had great times. And we've all had down times. Life takes us through a course of a lot of different things. I want to let you know this. Jesus never promised you, I'm going to make you happy. If you've come to Jesus to get happy, you've come for the wrong reason. The prosperity gospel is geared to give greedy people a potential reason to get happy. Give to get. I want to tell you something about this this body, this church. A long time ago, we learned something. We, We are not here giving to get. We are here giving because we already got. God has already been good to us. See, when we give off of our our blessing when we give off of what God has done for us, it's because He's already done it. First fruits is about what God has already done. And that is the joy of giving. We realize by His grace, He has supplied to us. Amen. And because He supplied to us, oh, I just want to bless you just with a part of that, Lord. And it's the joy of giving. But to give, to get, it's really... It's really the wrong gospel. And I hear a lot about it, and you do too. I'm, I'm sure if you ever tune in to some of the, the, the things that's going on, the preachers and pastors of this day, they talk a lot about seed time and harvest. How much seed are you planting? So how much harvest you can get? And, and really, I just think that's all upside down and backwards because I believe it's a big lie. It doesn't work. The prosperity gospel only works for the people at the top. It's a pyramid scheme. It's like Amway. Don't join Amway now. You should have joined it 25 years ago. 
Because now you'll be at the bottom and you're just going to have a garage full of soap. But those that invested early. And so the, 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 the pyramid scheme is this. You keep giving and it's going to get better. You keep giving, you're going to get to the top. But it never happens. And the common, regular Christian, they fall into this trap of give to get and find no joy in it because they are not getting. Not even happy about it. I talked to a brother who had been following the, the uh, prosperity message for some time. And uh, he just looked at me and said, man, things just aren't working. I said, go figure. It's not going to work. He said, but he didn't have any joy about it at all. In fact, there was a little anger there because he had been sowing this seed and nothing was coming back. It's a big lie. It doesn't work. Secondly, money is a deceiver. If you think joy is about money, you've got some real correction coming in your life because joy is not about money. Some of the poorest people in the world world are some of the most blessed people there are. They have contentment and joy because they're not chasing the almighty dollar. Can you say amen? Money is a deceiver. You think if you get it, you're going to have joy in your life, but you're really not. I like what, what, what the scripture said about a fool and his money are soon parted. That's a good proverb. Work hard. A fool and his money are soon parted. I had a brother years ago that said, can you, can you have somebody meet me on Friday night after I get off work? He had three kids at home. He wasn't making it home. He only made it to Wind River. And there he would lose his week's pay. He's going to lose his house. He's going to lose. His kids don't have the provision they need. Can you send somebody to just follow me home so I can get home? A fool and his money are soon parted. Working real hard to get that money and then squander it away. Listen, I want to tell you something. The prosperity gospel preachers are looking for fools. Promising you joy, promising you happiness, and it just isn't happening. So we have to set that aside. That truly is not joy. And here's the little mantra. There's, there's four new suckers born every second of the day. There's four births every second. And they use this idea that Hey, if you don't believe it, somebody else will. I'm looking for a fool. I'm looking for a fool that, that I can promise happiness to when really the Lord never did promise you happiness. He promised you the joy of the Lord, a fruit of the Spirit in your life. I want you to know the difference this morning that because things, things cannot make you joyful. Only what God provides. Happy is momentary Joy is designed to remain in our life. I want to look at David the prophet because we've been looking at him a lot. He understood that God was the source of joy for living. 
He understood that. Not wealth or power. He had everything. He had all the wealth. He had all the power. He had possessions. He had wives. He had children. He had everything that he wanted. Psalms, the 16th chapter in the 11th verse. Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Mm. So Jesus said, I said these things to you because I want your joy to be full. And David, way back here, he says, in thy presence, he's got it figured out, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right, it inserts hand just like it does in the New Testament, at thy right hand, pleasures forevermore. Now, these pleasures are not happy pleasures. They're not an oasis in the sky. We just heard on the way here this morning uh, a song about I've got a golden mansion in heaven. Well, that appeals to the base flesh is what that appeals to. That does not appeal to your spirit. Gold and silver in heaven does not appeal to your spirit. I want you to know this. You already do, but this flesh is staying here. This flesh is not going there. And all those things that seem like that we're after and the happiness of this life, that if I didn't get it here, I'm going to get it in heaven. No, no, we have this wrong concept of this because joy, the fullness of joy, is in the presence of the Lord. And when He returns and when we go with Him and when this thing is over, we will dwell, we will be with Him. And wherever He is, we will be with Him. That is the full completeness of joy that God has designed for humanity. Can you say amen? See, in the new covenant, Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, by His Spirit, He is the source of joy. David is looking back in an old time, and all he knows is just the presence, in the presence of the Lord. Didn't we sing it this morning? In the presence of Jehovah. I wonder how it felt for the disciples when they were traveling with Him. Listen, they had to feel this, this security. They had to feel uh, the comfort. They had to feel that, that Jesus is there and nothing's going to happen. They were in the presence. What David said was the presence. They got to experience the presence of Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he says this, I'm going away in the flesh and I'm coming back in the spirit. I spoke these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is what David desired. David could not have. He looked forward to a time of the presence of the Lord. He looked forward to a time where the Holy Spirit of God would dwell with men. That that continued joy in thy presence that you could continually have the joy of the Lord in your life. The presence of God. Emmanuel, God with us. David looked forward to that time. But all he knew was that if he could get there, the fullness of joy would be there. Isaiah said something. The 12th chapter. He said, He said, Yah is become my Yeshua. 
interesting how this laid out in the Hebrew. I'm not real good with the Hebrew, but he said, Yahweh is become what we say my salvation, but the word there is Yeshua. But when Yah couples with Yeshua, we get Yahshua. And then he said, therefore, with joy, ye shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. There it is again. The fullness of the Lord will be found in the presence of Yeshua. And so with joy, we draw water from the wells of salvation. I want you to know this morning that it is true joy that we are saved. That's what true joy is. It's not other things in this life, but that we're saved, that we have salvation. That is the true joy of serving our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, last week I talked about the disciples came with joy. It said they came to the Lord. They had been sent out, and they were casting out devils, and they were healing some people, and they came back with great joy. And But I think that joy... And this is where the Lord directed this. The joy is really not in even casting out devils. It's not in really seeing people helped and healed. The really, that's a fleeting joy because you will get sick again. If you, if you get healed right now, there's a great possibility you will get sick again. But let me tell you the joy that will remain is that your name, remember, is written in the book of life. And that's where Joy remains in us. Hey, take everything from me. Take all my possessions. Take all my stuff. Put you in jail. Take your liberties and your freedoms. Whatever this country does, whatever the, the administrations of this, this next four years do, we still are going to maintain that our joy is not in that. Our joy is in Him. And so we rest. Our case is rested in Him. Oh, we might go down a little bit. We might have some sorrow. We might have some tough things in life. But our joy is going to be in drawing the waters from the wells of salvation in our life. Later on, after the Lord told the disciples that, and Peter was there, later on, Peter said it this way in his epistle. He said, he called it inexpressible joy. The Lord instructed them that their joy was that they were, they were saved. They had touched salvation. And later on, Peter looks back at it and said, it is joy unspeakable. I can't even really describe it. I know that it's in my soul. I know it's in my spirit. I can't really just describe it this morning, but, but it's there. It's there. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. There's an Old Testament verse that says this, weeping may endure for a night, and joy comes in the morning. Remember that verse? Weeping may endure for the night. There's no promise that trouble won't find you. In fact, I would stand up here this morning and say, I promise you trouble will find you. Jesus never made you a promise that there wouldn't be any tests, and troubles in your life. He never made that promise. We know that we're going to be faced with things from time to time that's going to be dark things in our life. 
I think about my life, my Christian life, and I've faced some dark stuff. I've faced some great disappointments. I've faced the loss of loved ones like you all. I've faced the loss of, of finances, and I've faced the loss of friendships. I've faced people turning away from me. There's been times that I just wondered, Lord, God, are you near? Are you here? I've gone through things in my life, and I'm saying that because I know every one of you have and every one of you will go through some times in your life. There's going to be some dark times. There's going to be some times when tears are in your eyes, and you can't seem to see the light of day. It looks like everything is dark. But I want to tell you this. Keep on trusting because weeping endures for the night. But joy comes in the morning. You will reach the place of joy. Just hang on. The Lord is going to come through in your life because you're going to realize that, hey, the problems are the problems. The trials are the trials. The darkness is the darkness. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. And With Jesus' joy left remaining in me, if that's the only thing I have left, I'm going to be a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 See, for the Christ follower, the knowledge, the knowledge of the favor, the charis, the grace of God, the knowledge that He has given that to us, oh, it ignites, it fires up the joy in our soul. Let me give you some glad tidings of comfort and joy. So we just went through the season, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. But I'm not really sure. Santa Claus doesn't bring me any comfort. No, he just isn't. No, he's the happy guy. And for a moment, you know, he's doing the little happy thing. That has nothing to do with joy, though. I'll bring you some tidings of comfort and joy. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Psalm 34, David again. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. No, I want this insulation from all trouble in my life. No, Christianity is not the answer for you then. Drugs is the answer for you. Every time you have a problem, just take more drugs. But many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord. Delivereth him out of them all. Your light afflictions, the apostle said. Don't let your light afflictions ruin the joy that God has for you in your life. Another tidying of comfort and joy. The Spirit gives assistance, helps, couples up, and helps us in our weaknesses. We have... Brought this verse out a couple times recently. Romans the 8th chapter. That the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Let me also tell you this. I don't care how strong you are. You might be a strong buff man. You, you might be a strong willed woman. But I want to tell you this this morning. There is weaknesses in every one of our lives. Oh. But let me tell you the joy about it is that the Spirit helps us. In our weaknesses. I mean, 
God doesn't take every weakness. We come to the altar and we pray a prayer and we accept the Lord. You're still going to get up every morning in this old fleshly body with this old fleshly mind and the things that might affect you and the weaknesses of your life. But thank God that the Spirit of the Lord, the one that causes joy to come out of our life, the Spirit of the Lord, He's there. He couples up with us to help us in our weakness. In other words, you're not alone in this. That's a tidying of comfort and joy. Can you say amen? Deuteronomy. Go back all the way. I'll back over to Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's an Old Testament way back thing. Wow. God will never leave you or forsake you. This is the promise over Israel. He won't leave you or forsake you. Then we get into Matthew 28. And Jesus said, Behold, I, I, me, I'm the one. I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Let's break it down again. Troubles are there. Trials are there. Disappointments are there. Weeping may endure a little bit. But I want you to know this, that He will never leave you nor forsake you. You may walk off from Him, but He's not going to walk off from you in your time of trouble, in your time of trial, because He's going to bring His joy into your life. Let me tell you, the ultimate tiding of comfort and joy is the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow. I'm going to finish here in 1 John. If you want to, you can go there in your scriptures. 1 John, the first chapter. And we did write to, or did read this one. We write to you. We write these things unto you that your joy may, may be full. So things aren't going to make my joy full. I can think about a time when I went bankrupt. Pastor, you went bankrupt and you're a tither? That's against the Christian mantra of this day. That can't happen. Well, I did. And what I did while I was going bankrupt, kept right on tithing, kept right on giving, kept right on going. Kay was 12 years ago yesterday, I think it was. We were in the hospital, and the doctor turned the corner, and, or the, the technician turned the corner and said, Well, your wife has a massive tumor on her brain. And it broke our hearts. Me and Rodney, we were crying. And I just fell over and said, Lord, this doesn't change a thing. We still trust you, Lord. We still trust you. We don't know what's going to happen. Because I still have the joy of the Lord in my heart. I'm going to keep right on trusting you, Lord. I'm getting... but, but things do not, do not equal joy in our life. And so when we all decided to move from California, and those of you that had houses, some of you did, some of you didn't, I want to tell you this. We hit the top of the market. 
even right now. Houses are not selling for what they sold when we left. And we walked out of there, and I thought, wow, Lord, this is, this is kind of like uh, Israel leading out of Egypt, leaving out of Egypt, and, and uh, they left with a high hand. And the scripture said they left with a high hand. So we felt blessing. Does that give us joy? No, because some of us, Brother Chris, have used the excess to stay busy. Rodney and in Austin and the self-employed people are. So does it come and does it go? Yeah. But my joy remains, Jesus said. See, so it, it, it's not determined on those things. So John says, I write these things unto you. What things did you write unto us? At this point, he's not writing unto us, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. At this point, he's not writing to us. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That, that's not what he's writing at this point. And some of those things are valid. Some of those things we, we do adhere to. So what things is he writing about? Well, we'd have to go back up to the first verse. And if you kind of peruse back up to the first verse and go down through the third verse, you're going to find some things there that, that he's writing about that makes your joy full. He's writing about our fellowship. He terms it this way. He's writing about our, our fellowship with the Father, the invisible, transcendent God, Yahweh, and His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, the incarnate embodiment of the Father, God, Yahweh. The fellowship. Now it says it, you know, the Father and the Son. Yeah, I'm perfect with that. I'm perfect with that. God became flesh and dwelt among us. It was God who was manifested in the flesh. Can everybody say amen? 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifested in the flesh. Don't, don't be mistaken who it is here. The Father Almighty becomes Emmanuel, God with us. Yah. Yah becomes Yahshua. Because He comes to save His people from their sin. Who is it that's saving the people from the sin? Oh, it's that Yahweh. It's that transcendent God who became imminent in the flesh. And our fellowship is with that. John's describing now what they had experienced. Look at what he has experienced. We are eyewitnesses, he says, of the logos of life. Or the word of life. We are eyewitnesses. We heard him. We saw him. Our hands touched him. He wants to relate to the church this reality of God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And so he says, we heard him, we saw him, we touched him with our hand. And we announce to you the everlasting life, which was proston patera. I'm not going to go there, but translated with the Father and was revealed to us. The everlasting life of the Father was revealed to us. How was the everlasting life 
of the Father revealed to us. In the one we heard. In the one we saw. In the one that we touched. In the one that we were around for three or four years before His crucifixion. The one that we saw dying on the cross. The one that we saw buried in the tomb. The one that we saw after His resurrection and He came back to us 40 days and 40 nights. The one that ascended on high. And we know He ascended on high because He made a return trip by His Spirit. That's the one that we give unto you. And that is where your joy is full. Your joy is full in nothing else except in the revelation of Jesus Christ. People and preachers and movements, denominations, organizations are pushing a lot of things. But if they're not pushing the revelation of Jesus Christ, guess what? The joy cannot be full. Oh, happy. Let's get happy in church. You're not here to be happy. No. You're here to be happy. We're going to have to put on a show for you, right? We're going to have to get the smoke and the lights and get the, get the bands in here and, and get the foolishness in here and get the illustrated sermons in here and get... Just things that are going to make us happy. I'm not here to make you happy. No siree. If you leave out of this church and you're happy, I've done the wrong thing. But if you leave out of this church and the joy of the Lord is moving in your heart, then we've done the right thing. Because that joy will remain in us. And so here is where the fullness of joy is realized. And so he finishes this up and he says, it's the fellowship. The joy is connected to the fellowship. It's, it's two-phased. One is the fellowship of the Lord. And we just said that. The other is the fellowship of the brethren. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We don't have joy in our life because of some mystical out-of-body experience. We have joy in our life because of the fellowship that we have in Christ Jesus. And then the fellowship of the saints. Hmm. God designed... That part of the joy in the Christian life is in the fellowship of the brethren. See, he didn't create little islands to just go do your thing and just be out there and, you know, go off in the woods somewhere. And I, I mean, there's times to do that, go out and pray and, and seek the Lord and all that. Yeah, I understand that, but, but we're not little islands. We're not little rogue Christians that kind of just go off and do our own thing. God has designed that you and I unite. Now, there are a lot of churches in this town. There are a lot of churches in the state. There's churches all over this nation. And a lot of them good. A lot of them need some help. And a lot of them are good. And they're getting together with the brethren. I want to tell you what. This is where joy is. Joy is not home sitting at the television watching Howdy Doody. That's not where the joy is. The joy isn't NFL Sunday. It's not the playoffs. It's not national championships tomorrow night. That's not where the joy is. The joy is here. 
We have entered the realm of joy this morning. The comfort of the Spirit in our life, the fellowship of the Lord in our life, the fellowship of the brethren in our life. The fellowship of brethren make a great impact on the Christian life because it also ignites the joy of the Lord. Wow. So we're not here out of some spiritual, mystical encounter that we had. We're here boots on the ground. You like that term, boots on the ground? I don't know. Christianity's got to where they want to be, you know, kind of floating spiritually out here in some unaware areas of spirituality. No, no. No, it's boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. And we fellowship with the rabbi, savior, Lord, God, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and his saints. John tried to, tried to deliver it to the church. This, this, is, this is what I write, or wrote it unto you, that your joy may be full. Remember how I started? Right up to the top of the cup. And running over just a little bit. There's no reason to be down. There's no reason to be discouraged. There's nothing in this life that should be able to extinguish the joy in our life. Can you say amen? Nothing should be able to, dis to extinguish our joy in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me? God bless you. God bless you. I just felt like this morning that I wanted to bring that because sometimes, you know, we're human, and, and, and things can turn into drudgery. It seems like, uh, Lord, I just keep doing the same thing over and over and over, and I'm just not really seeing the results I want. And, and uh, I'm going to church, but I'm just not feeling that much. And, and it's because you need to recognize the favor of God is in your life. That's where thankfulness comes from. We recognize what the Lord's done on us already. Not what he's going to do. What he's done in us already brings the joy of the Lord in our life. Hallelujah. Can everybody say amen? I was going to say, is anybody happy this morning? We're not saying that. Anybody here got the joy of the Lord in their life? Come on, give the Lord a praise right now. Thank you.